Hey everybody, I am very excited about this episode. I want to say, first of all, thank you to our first major sponsor. You know, I've been reading The Secret, and I decided I'm just going to manifest this. I want to sponsor, I'm going to manifest it, um, and I think what I did was pretty smart. Uh, certain companies have some very anti-free market uh, legislations uh, that say when and where they can advertise. You know, but those laws were made before podcasts even existed, so it's fair game as far as I know. So I contacted their rep, and, um, well, you, you'll hear it a little bit later in the show, but but uh, fair warning, it's like a minute and a half, which is longer than a modern audience is, you know, used to listening to. And you might say, okay, you know, John, I get it, like, I get the joke, uh, can we maybe cut it off in a minute? And no, they uh, they were very um, <clears throat> they were very adamant that we cannot do that. Um, we will play the commercial in its entirety, and uh, you will enjoy it. Uh, speaking of enjoying things, uh, roll it. What we've got here is two male receptionists. All the, all the housekeepers at our, our work do speak the Spanish. And did you take a couple of the years of the Spanish yourself? I did not, but I do work overnight, so I had a lot of time to do Duolingo. Hmm. Uh, so I actually made it pretty far in the, the triangle thing or whatever. Okay, très bien. But no, I'm not. No, I don't I, speak Spanish. I don't speak France. Um, I also don't speak Spanish, but I try because... Um, I live in Los Angeles, <laughs> and it seems it seems a useful practice every now and again. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'd be... <laughs> is that just like a douchebag liberal thing that a part of me feels like I'd be a better person if I spoke Spanish better? You would be a better person if you spoke Spanish yeah, okay. better. Yeah, I would, right? And you are a liberal douchebag. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Self-awareness, I mean, self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, learning things is cool, right? Learning things is pretty cool. So it's hard to say it's a bad thing. You know what always made me laugh is that, like, in the 90s, you know, when, when it was, like, the, if you were acting real cool, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Not giving a fuck always seemed kind of, like, cool for a little bit. Like, dude, that guy, I mean, that's the guy, seriously, he doesn't even give a fuck. Like, he just does himself, you know? Yeah, I think it's, it comes and goes. Yeah, I it, think... but, but then sometimes, like, giving a fuck is, like, really cool. Like, right now. So... Uh, what's her name? Emma Gonzalez. Emma. Emma is it? The shaved head. Uh, Joan of Arc. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I believe it is. Yes. Yeah, that girl gives a fuck. Yep. Yep, and it's cool. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes, she has embraced the whole game. She always. That's sort of her aesthetic that was giving a fuck. I yeah. Can't, I can't pull that off. <laughs> No, you can't. No, you can't, John. But I, it I, had a whole different effect when I just shaved my head and started yelling about things. That's true. But I don't know. For, I always thought that giving the fuck was pretty cool. It was nice to hear smart people know what they're talking about or hear people at drive. And I asked, I asked my buddy John. Well, I don't want to say this on air. <laughs> you are John. Never mind. 
What? And were you having a conversation with me that I'm not aware of? Well, my buddy Zach, I said he ran into that. He's on Capitol Hill and ran into the oh. the kid, um, one of the Parkland school shooting victims who's been on Capitol Hill doing a lot of press and stuff. And so I asked if it was the uh, the Joan of Arc shaved head lesbian or if it was that Disney faced hired crisis actor. <laughs> then he showed me the picture of the kid, and it was it was the latter. It was the latter. Oh, it was actually David Hogg. Yes, yes. Hey, you got his name. Well done. No, I look. I know all about crisis shooters now. Okay. So this is what I was going to say earlier when you were talking about Facebook. It's funny because I have for material been reading a lot of conservative leaning publications, mm-hmm. um, and it's funny that they're saying like, "What was it that?" So she's canceling her Facebook account because. Zuckerberg is related to something that took data and then Trump got elected. Is that thing. Talk- yes. They're all, of course, on the other side, railing against Facebook, saying they're too liberal leaning and that they censor conservative content. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a thing that seemed kind of shady where InfoWars, Alex Jones's thing, kept getting strikes against it. And like they cited things that weren't really what he was saying. And then they reinstated it. But like, so YouTube has a policy now where you can't, or I don't know how much it's enforced, but the idea was anyway, there was something wrong with calling someone a crisis actor. Like that was to a point where you can like have your thing canceled. Like that's Hmm. offensive. It's a bad, like you can't just call someone a crisis actor. But he wasn't really saying that. He was just making fun. I mean, the thing is, he's sort of saying it. He's not. He's not saying it. But like, the, there's a certain percent of the people listening that are going to take that message from it. But what he's actually saying is just that the David Hogg guy is an actor, which he was. He was like, he is. I mean, he's hired to go. He was not part of the Parkland thing. Like, he is now a spokesperson. Yeah. Um. So in a sense, yes, he's an actor that sort of gets tossed in with it because, like, mean, if you don't he's really a student at the school, right? He was a student at a school shooting from before. Oh. I think. I don't think he's I don't think he's like still in high school. I think he was from a different one and he hmm. I think. Cuz if not, I then, don't know about the speculation. Well, if not then I guess it's not that bad that his thing got shut down cuz that's the impression I got from what he was saying. That is an interesting. Okay, so this is kind of cool because it is an exact example of what I was talking about. It's a very meta type thing. The fact that I had enough awareness to even say something like, you know, his literal words might not be exactly the same as what is coming across to people shows I was bringing a certain amount of critical thinking to it, yet it was actually an even stronger version of exactly what I was thinking, which is that the message getting across is different. I thought that David Hogg was not part of that because he keeps referring to him as an actor. Uh, He was, in fact, part of the Parkland shooting. Uh, He is a survivor of that terrible tragedy. And really, the only reason to refer to him as an actor is because he was apparently part of the drama department at his school, which, okay, yeah, I mean, in a litigious sense, you're not lying, but, uh, you know... It'd be interesting to see how many people Alex Jones has talked about over the years that took some sort of drama class or were in the drama department in high school. Uh, And he didn't mention that fact. Uh, Because it is not relevant 
and it you know to emphasize that may give the wrong impression perhaps to the listener um as it did to me right now we've got an interview with my hero ron paul uh i should state for the record that uh, he did take an acting class uh when he attended community college for a summer uh mr paul go ahead anyway yeah, you can get taken out for that accusation and stuff and there's gotta be a lot of hate speech up there well, that's the the thing about YouTube is there's a yeah. lot. That's, <laughs> so, what, that's what this guy was saying on Terry Gross as as, he, as somebody that's been a uh, a victim of uh, white nationalists like trolling to like a, a ridiculous extent. Wait, who's this guy? Is this the David Hogg guy again? No, no, this is the editor for the. This New York the Times. hot lesbian. He wrote a book called the. What did he write the book called? Um, the hot lesbian. Jesus, it's true. Um, that Twitter, basically, people are are saying are coming after Twitter, not. Not to try to like clamp down on free speech stuff, like you can't shouldn't have hate speech or anything like that. But that when you sign up for Facebook or Twitter, you you're using their you're just signing a document that says you know their terms of use, and hate speech is not allowed on there. And so right. basically, what everybody's saying now is, yo, Twitter, like figure out a way to actually enforce your own policies because they're not. But Facebook is. Mm, they're trying. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if I. Sub- um, I think I've seen things with Twitter that's the same thing where people on both sides just don't like I think a lot of it comes down to people don't like being exposed to the radical side of the one that's against them which is understandable because the radical side by definition is especially going to especially when they're organized <laughs> but I've definitely heard that complaint from both liberals and conservatives saying that Twitter like people are really mad that Twitter uh, allowed like a white supremacist guy's account to be verified, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but then conservatives are saying that they shut down a bunch of accounts like looking for bots, and they tended to shut down more conservative ones than liberal. I don't know if that's true, but that was their contention. Um, so I just with all these big entities, I feel like there's enough people who are gonna get pissed off about something that like it can get turned into a political thing when it's not necessarily. Yeah. Because, I mean, ultimately, what does Twitter want? What does Facebook want? They're just trying to make money. Like, You know, I think they're also trying to bring people together. Yeah, okay. That's not fair. Uh, Two male receptionists. Program presented by Lucky Strike. Be happy, go lucky. Be happy, go lucky. Strike, be happy, go lucky. Go lucky, strike today. Try every brand in this great land and you'll agree with me. The finest tasting cigarette is LSMFT. Yes, siree, Lucky's taste better than any other cigarette. We're heading for a picnic and we'll have a lot of fun with better tasting Lucky Strike for each and every one. Honestly, Lucky's tastes better than any other cigarette. Be happy, go lucky, be happy, go lucky, strike, be happy, go lucky, go lucky, strike today. Friends, Lucky's taste better than any other cigarette. And here's the reason. Fine tobacco, and only fine tobacco, always gives you the enjoyment of a better tasting cigarette. And LSMFT, Lucky Strike, means fine tobacco. Tobacco that smokes smooth and mild, that gives you better taste with every puff. Yes, Lucky Strike, and Lucky Strike alone gives you an extra measure of smoking pleasure. So for everything you want in a cigarette, for complete smoking enjoyment, be happy, go lucky. Make your next carton Lucky Strike. 
you'll agree, Lucky's taste better than any other cigarette. Be happy, go lucky, go lucky, strike today. Remember, Lucky's taste better than any other cigarette. Um, sometimes in a romantic relationship, I uh, like to take my pants off mm. and cuddle on the couch. You know, I would like her to take her pants off as well. You know, and you have some nice uh, blanket, Netflix, um, little leg tangle scuttles. You know, it's very pleasant. It's a nice, you get some beverages, maybe some snacks. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the no pants is definitely a, a pleasing aesthetic. Um, mm-hmm. But once, not all too long ago, and, and we were, it was definitely like green light for the no pants on the couch. Right. Right. It was time to take those damn pants off. Right. But you'd been house sitting this house for three days. Yeah, it's time. Yeah, it was time to get those pants off, do some serious cuddling. You know, get the dog up there on the blanket, too. Why not? Um, the dog doesn't care that you're wearing pants. The dog's not wearing pants. <laughs> no. So, uh... <laughs> this was, that's the most classic joke ever, and it's, <laughs> it really is funny. <laughs> so, I, uh, you know, I was we- I was already wearing sweatpants. That's, like, barely wearing uh, pants. Th- yeah, That's yeah. not even... It's I don't think legally song. they count as pants. They you can't just go out in public don't. like that. Uh, they're also nice sweatpants, though. Like, they didn't... They yeah. tapered at the ankles. <laughs> were they Lululemons? Huh? Yes. <laughs> no, they were not Lululemons, but they weren't just some of your like. Are those pajama pants or sweatpants? They were like, sure some nice sweatpants, maybe an Adidas or something. Yeah, Jeez. yeah, yeah. Now we're talking. Not that. No, it was like, but the warm sweatpants, not the track sweatpants. Okay, not the tearaway meshy material. Okay, although that's always confusing when people say sweatpants. Sometimes it is that meshy material, and and you're like, no, no I was looking for yeah, like, a sweater. No one actually wants that. Nobody wants. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's I, fucking it's terrible. Always disappointing when it's those. It's instead. terrible. Uh, but so it was time for me to drop trowel, and the problem is that I did drop trowel in the traditional way. Instead, took of, a shit. No, it's that I was right next to the couch, right, and I was about to plop down on the couch. Uh huh. And and then I was realizing, oh, I forgot. Now it's the no pants time. So I did that thing where, like, as I sat down, basically, I dropped the pants to my ankles. Okay. Right? Okay. As I plopped down. As in one smooth motion? As in one smooth motion, which is exactly what one does when they're preparing to take a shit. When you sit on the <laughs> toilet. <laughs> it was I just... See. It was... And there was no mistaking it. She just looked at me, and it looked like I had just, like, <laughs> so, really preparing to shit on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> You and were, then I realized uh, I needed to do some other type of standing sexy dance pants <laughs> removal instead, instead of what I did, actually did, which was, which was shit on the couch. Yeah. The couch was just asking for it. No, so, I, but it was, uh, it took away a you lot just of just go straight the, to the scratch in the balls, I find. It's yeah. Like, you know, because there's some romance involved in the leg tangly cuddles, and um, I distanced that, <laughs> that right. romance with that gesture, which was not my intent, but... I was called out on it, and I deserve to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do they call it in like MMA when uh, like you're you're projecting what you're gonna do? Indicating. Or, yeah. They, they call that in, in in acting and stuff as well. You were doing that with pooping. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Yeah. What do they call that in MMA? Uh, I don't. I don't think it is indicating, but like, so yeah, that's the that's the idea. Okay. Is it like a Babe Ruth where he points the bat? Is that like what they do? No, no. It's, it's what you were talking about, I think. Uh, where like y- you are giving away your plan too early. Oh, yes. To shit on the couch. Right. Right, 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 right. If it's already, if you're already shitting, then it's, <laughs> it's different. 
<laughs> so that's why I learned Spanish. Is oh yeah, be a better person. Uh, so, but no, it does have to. Like, I find that you try to. I mean, there's that old Family Guy joke where somebody says like, "Oh, I don't, I don't speak Spanish. I do, or I don't speak English. I just learned this. Uh, you know, I just yeah. learned this sentence in perfect English, explaining that I don't know how to speak English." And they're like, "Oh, you sound perfect to me." Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. you're uh, kidding, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and that's pretty much where I'm at with Spanish. Is that I? I generally you got a few go tos. Yeah, I have a few go tos. And I'm very yeah. good at making them seem natural, mm-hmm. you know. But I die on the inside a little bit every time because I'm just like, "You fake." Yeah. But uh, me encanta acentos. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. The thing is, I feel like it's false either. advertising, and not not just in a dishonest way, but I feel like I'd be setting someone up to be disappointed. I have done that before in a Starbucks once. I don't know what overcame me. For some <laughs> reason, I used the word shalom. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, why, Dan? Oh, I think I feel it's like, a good word. It's like aloha. Uh, I mean, you probably said it because you're like, this guy looks Jewish. No, I didn't. I said it to the barista, <laughs> who was a woman. Who so did not she look, looked Jewish. She looked so Jewish. No, women don't look Jewish. Um, well, Jewish ones do. Oh, good point. So the no, the guy behind me. Was like, ah, oh, you speak the chosen language, and it started rattling off some Hebrew, and I had to apologize to him and tell him that I was a fan of the chosen language. And I feel like he was and he was trolling you though. He was not. He was a very sincere, sweet. Well, then old he's a maybe rabbi. He's a fucking dumbass. Then <laughs> if someone just says shalom, like that's the fact that he thinks he could jump to that is kind of ridiculous. I don't know. Maybe that's, I was asking for it. I I think if someone. I'm trying to think of an equivalent. Did I tell you about, I think I've probably mentioned this before, but I was dating a uh, a woman from Mexico. Who was I, I remember that that was a thing. Yes. And uh, she was in Los Angeles for just like about six to nine months or so. And she was this was before Trump? Or? No, this was after. Hmm. Is this going to be like the Hot. new... <laughs> so much hotter. <laughs> this is going to be like the new Anno Domini. It's going to be like... I don't know what that is. It's, the, it's in the year of our Lord. It's the mm-hmm. uh, it's the AD BC changeover. Okay. And we'll just we'll have Trump. We'll be the new. I see. I see. I got there you. you go. I'm with You're you. caught I'm with up you. before douchebag era. Um. So the, she wanted me to speak as much Spanish as I possibly could right. all the time because she wanted me to improve my Spanish. And so that's a wonderful thing for her to do. Right. Right. So there would be a lot of even when we were just alone. You know, a lot of m- me. Really doing, trying my best at some broken Spanish because she didn't give me much of a choice. She like yeah. d- demanded of me, and and it was it was kind of her. It, it wasn't easy for me, but yeah. I I definitely got better at it when I was with her, and she would correct me on things, and and I would learn a lot. However, a lot of times when we would go out, you know, for food and such, uh, she would want me to practice my Mexican <laughs> with right. the with. With the brown people with of the With the stoner world. teenager working at the Taco exactly, Bell drive-thru. Exactly. Um, and he's like, so, dude, I don't speak Spanish. Yeah. And I would, she was, so she'd be like, oh, this guy, he looks Latino. You sit, I want you to order in Spanish. And I'd be like, mm, no, that's, that's inappropriate for me just to jump into to, to Spanish, assuming that. And she's like, what are you even talking about? He obviously speaks Spanish. And I'm like, look. And I had to, at a certain point, I had to be like, cause I, cause I acquiesced a handful of times uh-huh. where I just, just launch, all right. I'm like, this is going to be weird, but this is on you. And I just launched into Spanish because the person was a brown person living in LA yep. who looked Latino. 
and they always spoke Spanish right back, and it was never weird. And I kind of <laughs> wanted it to be weird one time so I could prove to her. But I eventually did. I, I eventually declined altogether, and I was like, you know, I get that you're trying to like expand my horizons culturally and things like that. I'm gonna do that for you right now. You live in L.A. And this that's where I live. You're a guest here, and it's inappropriate just to jump into something like that. <laughs> I'm going to culturally school you on that. Yeah. Right? But you may... I mean, she also was sort of giving you an opportunity... Yes. Well, it helped when she was standing next to me. And she, right. And everybody could always look like st- look at her, and they could gather the situation. Right, exactly. Because she's like, she could order for him, but she's putting this guy... Exactly. Jump, him jump through hoops. It was always Big, very... Big, dumb, white guy. In the clear, Yes. But it's it's a it's a great opportunity then to actually learn. She was a lovely woman, but she was she was uh, not fun. Mm. She was not. Uh, uh, that's that's funny because that seems like like a no. like a fun thing like a like I kind of pictured Carmen Miranda making you go talk to someone. Uh, <laughs> she was uh, she was a biologist and she was, <laughs> she was very smart and uh, and I really liked that about her. She was very intellectual. Um, but a challenging, stern what? woman, and in the end, just not enough levity to have a good time with. Hmm. Yeah. She's very so scared. it was a problem with the levity. <laughs> it was a problem with the levity. Yes, I liked fun mm. and laughter. I know. I think you would. She's opposed to smiles. I, you could be speaking so much Spanish by now. That is probably true. I did have some proper incentive. You know, every now and again, when I'm at work. And a lot of our coworkers speak the Spanish talk. I keep open a tab on the Google Translate. Mm, yeah. And it's very useful. Yeah. You know, I have something specific I want to say that's not in my vernacular of like what I learned 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and just rattling it off. And then, you know, it's, it helps. When I was actively like trying to learn more, I, I would do that a lot. And uh, it's, yeah, you can keep a conversation going that way. It's amazing. Because, like, even if you get to a point where you kind of know, there's going to be moments where you just have no idea. So, you know, it keeps it keeps the momentum going. Yeah. Some of the, with the translating apps and stuff like that that are pretty up to snuff, that we're definitely going to get some of those handheld devices that are just going to be translating for us in the next decade. And yeah. We're not no, have to learn as much. I mean, I think they have things that pretty oh, much do. do that. They do. But, you know, it's, it's not all available to the layman with hey, such Why babies. is it not a thing as much yet? It seems I'm like sure that technology. You actually seek it out. I mean, I think you can find it, but it's not like a pop culture. Like, that seems like the liberal scientific, like, ideal, like in Star Trek, when, like, yes. something they would figure out. Like, the idea that people can communicate all across the globe just seems like such like a classic thing to go for you know yeah i'm pretty sure there's a lot of people going for it and you could probably buy like a 500 hundred dollar device and be really proud of yourself yeah and then you just wouldn't use it all that often well i think <laughs> if you're traveling i like those like those t-shirts that have uh, a number of scenarios on them basically like emojis so if you're like, I mean, if you're going to be really embracing the, uh, I look like a tourist anyways, you can just walk up to people and point to bathroom or food and oh stuff God. on your shirt. A- uh, airport? Uh, you know, it works. Wait, do people do that non-ironically? I don't know. I mean, either way, it's... Yeah. I've seen the t-shirts on the internet, and it does suit some practicality. Yeah. I don't know if it's worth it at that point. I don't know either. I mean, it's one of those things... It better be pretty fucking practical. Yes. You know when you see people holding out maps 
In, you mean in like in cities. movies that take place in the '60s? No, like when if you ever in uh, if you were ever being a tourist somewhere and you're in a different country, you can always spot a different tourist that because you're a tourist too, and you always spot somebody that looks way too touristy, and you just judge them. Yeah, and you're like you piece of shit tourist. I'm so much better than you. Look at you with your stupid mat and your damn shorts and, and your fanny pack and your stupid family. And you're just, well, that, just wandering around I mean, honestly, asking that, to get robbed. That person sounds pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, someone specific comes to mind that I saw at the Louvre. And, uh, <laughs> um, just go back to Australia. It, it was a couple, and we were approaching uh, the Mona Lisa. Have you seen? Are you familiar with the Mona Lisa? No, I'm the, not. It's very small. Yes, I'm, uh, yes, I'm. Are, did you just ask me if I'm familiar? I don't with know, the Mona man. Lisa? Look, here's. Have a, you heard about this Beethoven guy? He came up on well, my Spotify. All right, I meant like, have you seen it in person? Yes, I have. Well, Thank okay. You, here's the thing. <laughs> I didn't have a typical white experience. Have I been to Paris? Of course, okay, I have. I did not go to Paris <laughs> until I was an adult and could take myself. So I didn't know how common it is. Um. <laughs> Anyway, so, well, I'm sure, okay, for the listeners out there uh, who, I mean, what are the chances three out of three people have been to Paris, um, especially people okay. listening to podcasts? I don't think there's a lot of crossover in those audiences. <laughs> so it's a very large room, um, and there's signs everywhere. The Louvre is like the most incredible collection of art that's ever existed, but there's be like these computer shitty printouts everywhere. It's just like a black and white Mona Lisa with like an arrow, like... People are so upset with just finding the fucking Mona Lisa. And it's in a large room. It's, it's very small. I mean, it's not like impressively small where you're like, oh shit, it's the size of a dime. It's just like, I figured that'd be bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a great American couple walking towards us as my, uh, my wife and I were approaching the Mona Lisa. Fanny packs, real fat, the tourist like, tan, like absolute to the gills. Which I think is a phrase. And he just looks at his wife and goes, Well, what do we do now? And it's like, he came to fucking Paris. And he's like, all right, well, I checked that off. Like, uh, I guess, is that it? We looked at the painting. Yeah, that sounds like a... No appreciation for things. Mm, right. But, I mean, to be fair, having glimpsed the Mona Lisa yourself... Yeah, it is underwhelming. <laughs> yeah, I guess... I mean, it, it, you could definitely understand, even if there was appreciation, that uh, that joke is worth making. Yeah. No, it's... I mean, I, I guess I... But you garnished by the whole aesthetic that there was no appreciation that had formerly taken place. Uh, I suppose I can't disagree with you, because I did set that fact up for like five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> so. By the way, it's not very big. And then we get there, and let me tell you, things kind of small. Uh, it's yes. like the size of a large computer monitor. What's really cool about seeing it in person is the smell. I never would have expected it smelled like balls. It's really, it's the strangest <laughs> thing. I don't even have a specific, like I couldn't describe the smell of balls, but you get up there and you're like, oh, I know exactly what that is. I know exactly what that is, Da Vinci. Yeah, yeah. Is that Da Vinci? I was in a... The Vatican. Oh, nice! And, uh, Sick! 
I was looking at burn. I, looking at, I feel fucking burned right now. Yeah, I was looking at Raphael's uh, School of Athens. Okay, you lost me. I don't care anymore. There's, there's arithmetic going on, and okay, you're smart Illuminati and, shit. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I love that. I love Illuminati shit. Well, it's funny you should mention that because my nah, it's my fucking compadre, Benjamin, who I was with, um, decided that he <laughs> that was, means come father for you at home. Oh, good lord. He decided that he was going to, he really wanted to take a shit in the Vatican. That was <laughs> okay. on his bucket list. Like, yeah. going to go to, going to go there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to poop. That's fair. And Let me get, so you're like 21 at this point? I was 22. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember having a very similar thought. Yeah, yeah. Again, it wasn't my thought. It was his. I was there. And again, and this it was, was part of the zeitgeist. You weren't there, people. It was different. Look. It was the early aughts. Yeah. I, or, it was op something. I was I was in I was enraptured in this painting. I was very much enjoying it. Out of all the, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff there. There's like painted ceilings and such, yeah. if I recall. And uh, this painting was doing it for me. And it just so happened, like Jamin was Jamin Benjamin. That's what I called. Him. He was standing there uh, appreciating this painting. I called Jam me. Jams. Yeah, yeah. Jamin Lemon Ding Dong. Whatever you want. Um, Jambalaya. No. Okay. No, None of those? Not, that's not. Sorry. Um, and in uh, the bathroom was like like six feet away from this painting. Like they had like a restroom that was just like just behind it or just around the corner. <laughs> and it was so funny because I finally got that appreciation art moment. And you're just like, fuck yeah. This is hit. And Jamin's like, hit me on the back. He's like, it's time. <laughs> and just went and pooped like 10 feet away. And nice. Was, I don't remember. I was, I was proud of him. First, I thought the story was going to go, he finds the bathroom, and there's like a 40-minute line. And it's like, oh, apparently this is a thing. People oh, just want to yeah. shit here. Maybe. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, I'm making it up. I, I mean, it's not the most exciting story. So I went, used a restroom at the Vatican, but I don't know. For no, me, I get I it. I mean, I don't think he went there. I'm assuming he was going to go anyway. Yes. Even if he didn't have to but shit, he, he still would have gone. Yeah, he made sure he had the coffee and the, the goods in the belly. And so you... uh, Did he take... Pre- did he take measures to... From my, I think he held off for a while to make sure. Okay, that's that's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I was with him until that point, but like when it's premeditated... Uh, it sounded premeditated to me. There's a reason why they kill people for premeditated things. <laughs> You walk down that nice gilded hallway that you're like, this is opulent and too much. Yeah. Imagine the Imagine Jesus walking down that hall and going tisk tisk. Yeah. That's Isn't what I was it... thinking. Sorry? Well, you know, Jesus he went to the uh that market and he was all like, Hey, I'm gonna flip these tables. Yeah. Jesus basically invented the table flip. It was people who don't talk about the only time he used force, if I am correct. Oh no, he was a carpenter. It's not an easy job. That's what someone said one time. No. Uh, but you know the table flip when you get really angry and somebody says something, and then you're just like, "Oh yeah, sure." Well, yeah, he he. That was that was like the yeah, the fifteenth miracle he did is he invented that. And that was, you know what else happened? Um, he can't take full ownership of this one, but at um the crucifixion, the slow clap. It was the first time that ever happened too. Some cultural shifts. Uh, I'm guessing it was not him. No, no, it wasn't. Um, that was kind of the point. You know, it was kind of rub it in. That's how that happened. It's very cynical, the slow clap. It always has been. Um, mm. But the, the table flip and the slow clap. So you mean people got the irony of the slow clap <laughs> before it ever existed? Well, yeah. Like we they just think, got that he was We being... don't think, you know, those on the crucifix can't slow clap. But that's how bitingly <laughs> that is that sarcasm is intended. 
I need a, I need a word. I forgot where where we were. Oh, uh, it, I mean, really, I was just thinking about uh, Jesus flipping the tables and because oh, the money changers. Money, That's yeah. the story of the money changers. Yes, they were Jewish. I know this because I came across a conspiracy video. And the thing about conspiracy theories, I think they're fun to listen to, but nine times out of ten, it gets anti-Semitic before the end. It's really, like, it's legitimately an issue with the conspiracies. It always turns out to be the Jews at the end. Well, the I was listening to this this guy, he was a New York Times editor, he was on Terry Gross the other day, and was talking about being a Jew in the age of Trump. And, and what that has entailed for him <laughs> and the rise of white let me guess white, banking yeah, white nationalism and all but he was saying that it's fascinating that yeah when it comes to conspiracy theories or just anti-semitism in general how there's all these paradoxes of in, in order to that, that, that they're thought embraced. of as superior but, that, but inferior but, yes yeah yeah yes it's that that is fascinating yeah it's know? really funny yeah they control everything and they're like in subhuman yeah yeah and I think then the next step is they say, like, the media, they control the media, so the media makes us complacent. I think that's where a lot of people go with it. The only reason, they're not actually superior, it's just they control the media, you see. And we're and the money. brainwashed, mm-hmm. so we don't know how powerful we really are as genteels. Mm. And it's time. Is goyim? That we, t- Yeah. They don't use that word a lot, actually. They don't. They don't. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Let's get your Nazi flags <laughs> and get them. Goy Nazis. Boy, dropped my hood there. Let's go. Remember the Dave Chappelle black white supremacist thing? I do recall thing? this. It's not even that the the thing itself was that funny. It was. It was funny. He was, but, he was blind, so that helped. Right. Did I not mention that? No. Well, I, people know. Uh, I feel like that was like such a classic moment in media. Like the second that you got the premise, you're like, this is this is a funny thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all I needed to be. You know, then you play it out for a few minutes and have some jokes. But like, well, it's nice just the about, concept is so, so great. It's, it's so classic. It's nice about... Uh, you know, Chappelle and, and Key and Peel is that they could like they could introduce this concept, they could hit the right you know, the the right notes, and you hit it with a clever twist button, and then they're out and it doesn't have to go on for an extra two minutes like every SNL sketch and you're mm-hmm. like, Oh all right. Well it started good and now it's just mediocre and I want it to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh good, Alec Baldwin's here. Oh, oh. That's, that's yep. That I was thinking he I mean he needs work, so I heard he's had a lot of work. Oh, you did not. I mean, I know it's raining, but I didn't expect so much shade. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> you know, I wasn't familiar with... Sh- How long has shade been around? You know, it probably... Just like voguing came out of the transgender community and people just now... It's been around for like 20, 20 30 okay. years. And people are like, have you heard about this thing called shade? I feel like it's only been... <laughs> It only popped up on my gaydar uh, within the past like year or so. Yeah, yeah, but that's I, obviously you know through pop culture references. Who've you know where I first heard it? I believe mm. it was on an NPR podcast. Oh, good lord! Which, if ever there was something that would make was it Glenn Beck was it the, shoot himself? The Hidden Brain with Shankar Vedantam. No, no, no. 
<laughs> that's, I don't know today if that's better or worse. The hidden world. Well, today, oh. Steve. Ah, oh, Steve Inskeep. I miss him. <laughs> yeah, Steve Inskeep. Oh, is he not doing it anymore? He's retired, man. He's retired this year. Really? He sounded really? not old I don't know. to me. He sounded pretty old to me, but in that great, like, Diane Reams way, where you're just like, I'm, I am Reams. Oh, wow. I didn't, I guess I'm not remembering it right. Thing. But no. Yeah, but learned. That's correct, Steve. He'd say that a lot. Hmm. He he like sort of piece it together Ooh, like we say that does it kind of like uh, Shaka? Oh oh that, yes you're right about that. That's correct, Steve. That's his line. That's his like. It didn't really catch on, but it's sort of like his. Uh... That's correct, Steve. <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, it's that's that's correct, Steve well, guy. Well, hey, do 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 that's correct, Steve. Well, Steve would a, a lot of times like to to uh, forward the understanding of the listener by by following along. So, what, <laughs> right. so what you're saying is. Mm-hmm. This is the premise, and he said, "That's correct, Steve." Yeah, thank you for clarifying so that the audience is able to follow along. It's it's fantastic. Ah, what a pro! Well, that means there's there's someone they're looking for a new Steve. Then I can only assume. I think what's shocking and hang up his gloves. Michelle Norris. I don't know. Everybody's getting into their niche podcasts. You know, mm. I like the NPR politics podcast. A lot of those people do the morning edition, and you know, do all things considered, sometimes, but. You know, regular cast of characters there in a nice 30 minute. Don't listen to other podcasts. I shouldn't advertise for other podcasts. I, <laughs> I found myself. About this Mark Marin guy. I, I don't know. People seen. You know how like you can do an angry squint. I found myself like squinting out of anger when you were talking about NPR. Oh, yeah. Is that because I have excellent diction and I like NPR and I like coffee and I'm white and I'm very. I think. I was about to say I was trying to say use the word some some word like eloquent, but then I, I caught myself saying very before it, and you shot yourself in the foot. There's no recovering. Uh, from, from Shit! Wait, very, can I do it in Spanish? Do, no, uh, you that's the say, hail mary. You can't you can't try to wax eloquent without, while saying words like very or somewhat. Yeah, you know the academics will just roll their eyes at you. Kinda. <laughs> I like to think I'm kind of <laughs> eloquent, somewhat, vis-a-vis. <laughs> are you ever confident to use vis-a-vis in a sentence i don't know if i've ever Quick said it out loud. are you confident using vis-a-vis in a sentence in writing but not, i don't think i've ever said it out loud i.e that that definitely yeah okay. it's part of i think that's part of the zeitgeist that's common okay por ejemplo uh probably at some point <laughs> it was said <laughs> All right, I can remember. <laughs> this is fun. I don't. Yeah, I, you'd use that as a clarifier, and then I, I, uh, I hit the ball and I uh, ran to first base, and then the outfielder dropped it. I can remember. I ran to second base. I, uh, my life has sort of become a uh, memento. I forgot what the title was in the middle of it. Uh, it's fun though. I just, I, I sort of woke up. I forgot what we were talking about. And we were just saying Spanish words. Uh, and so I just, I was like, I think I got this. Yeah. I got this. I, th- oh. I, I think I, I also know. Padre means come father or whatever. I don't, I don't really speak it. I don't forget. I sometimes will like wake up out of a daze in my, I realize that in my life, I'll be like, I got this. But it's more like a Mentos commercial <laughs> mm. as opposed to Memento. And it's like, you know, I, I basically... I circumvent society somehow to achieve success. Oh, okay. Yeah. In, in an you have that happen a lot? In a non-traditional fashion. And then, um, and then you I make things fresh. 
You do it over over the shoulder. Yeah. To camera three. Yeah. Wink. That was a classic moment in pop culture. When Dave Grohl sent up the Mentos. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It really was. I mean, and uh, and it's like Mike Myers making fun of um, Grey Poupon. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> totally. Dave Grohl is quite a uh, like a true star, I would say, a true rock star, anyway. Yes. It's well, not- it's also because there's not a lot of true rock and roll out there anymore i mean this band is a rock and roll band in kind of a traditional sense yes that's true there's a lot of other bands that are indie rock or folk rock or there's different genres you know indie just whatever whatever it is there's not a lot of just like rock this is why i'm a fan of the uh the darkness of course being in nirvana i mean Nirvana. chris novoselic will be like he's just like a politician now or something uh but he'll always be the the king of seattle if i'm not mistaken (laughs) I think that's what he is. His so, something is. like that. Yeah. Or he attempted a coup and it didn't. It, <laughs> but he's definitely in Seattle. Yeah. He definitely at some point was involved in some political thing. And he's definitely just a white guy. I think but he, also I think he a rock throne, god. I think he took the throne when Chris Cornell um, abdicated. Hmm. Dude, I heard that was like a conspiracy thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was all about, I heard it was, it was like all about the monarchy. Chris Novoselic was like taking guys out. He's like, it's time for my comeback. There's this very peculiar House of Cards thing going on in the grunge monarchy of Seattle. <laughs> anyway, but Dave Grohl also just has uh, a lot of flannel. He has that quality about him where he like, stands out. Yeah, like Joe Biden. <laughs> 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 There's a sincerity, for better or worse, that they're not putting on airs. Right, I guess I, that's not a, what I was okay. going for, but I I'm not disagreeing with you. Okay, I mean, like an entertaining quality. Yes. Okay. Like, is that what you meant? Because that's not what I was getting from that description. Oh, not like entertainment. No, I was thinking of there's people that are in the public eye. A lot of times have a a, a veneer about them. You know, mm. there's a lot of uh, second guessing before doing anything because right. how the public is going to adjust it. And Joe Biden don't give a fuck. He's going to be like, oh, and this is your 19 year old girl off to college. Oh, nice little shoulder rub there. You're going to be so successful. People are like, easy with the handsies, Biden. But at the same time, <laughs> where was it going? No, uh, he does have a, a more, you get what you, you kind of get what you get with him. There's not a lot of, uh, compared to most politicians. That, yeah. that veneer. There seems to be a quality of what did you expect? Yeah. And with Dave Grohl, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, the difference between him and Bono is, uh, <laughs> is, is you know, one has a rock star persona. The other is like a rock star. Yeah. You know? And uh, he seems like a nice guy, a nice, sincere dude. That's what you always want out of the famous people, right? Is that yes. Is that they look like a sincere, nice person, a kind person. Yes. Who cares about the little man. Or not, he doesn't even need to. Not even necessarily. He's probably you know, not like the best guy in the world. You don't really want Elton John to care about the little man, though. Like if you were, if you met Elton John and he kind of like had you kiss his ring, yeah, and he kind of blew you off, you'd be like, "That was awesome." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Right? Yeah, it would be awkward if he was like, "Like, oh hey, how's it going? How was your day today?" You'd be like, "Ah, oh, fuck. Oh, should I bow? I don't even. <laughs> You're a sir, right?" You know, Ringo just got got knighted. I saw that. Right. What motivated that? Is there a political thing behind that? I don't know what? how these things Why work. Why didn't he get knighted with, with Paul and the other fellows back in the day? It, it was, I think it was just Paul. You're right, actually, wasn't it? And he had wings. Best band ever, so. 
That was supposed to be a joke, but they are actually a very popular band. But you know, I, my personal opinion is negative of them, so right, that's why right. it was supposed to be humorous. What's what's a did wing, that come across it, that I don't it, like them? Yeah. Okay. What's a Wings song? Uh, I I couldn't. I would. I recognize it the second. Like you could play one. I I couldn't tell you. Band on the Run was the answer. I know that that's a name of a song. Yeah, it's the only song. Um. By wings. So yeah, I don't think it is though. I think there's like, <laughs> s- like there's like seventeen bands on know, various I, runs throughout. Yeah, I know. Um, there I uh, I saw the Paul McCartney live, and um, every time I played a wing song, you're like, hmm, okay. yeah, that's go get a beer. I'll be right back. How, how long do I have? Like four or five minutes? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> can you just talk about the the? Can you talk about the terrible conditions in slaughterhouses again? I By really, way, I really can't sit Paul through. Paul McCartney another. live was worth the money. It was awesome. He's so ambitious and whimsical, and he, he was a, he was great. Yeah, he seems he seems like a true. And his band and his band was good. And his drummer. Was yeah, so I mean, uh, joyous and um, engaging. Everybody was happy to be playing with Paul McCartney. For, you know? Yeah, exactly. And they didn't yeah. let let it down for an instant. They're like, we were jamming at a stadium yeah. with this living legend. How much of a bummer would it be if some guy was just not into it playing drums for Paul McCartney? That's kind of true. I don't know. The, the lead guitar player seemed kind of like that. He was kind of like this gaunt leather jacket, douchebaggy looking guy. But he played a mean guitar. And you don't have to smile as long as you're doing a good job. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of particular... Different styles. Sound. When they're covering Beatles songs, like the audience wants to hear those those sounds, mm. you know, and to be able to capture that live, there's a lot of people working on that guy's guitar sounds, including him. So that's it's impressive. It's very impressive. But man, I'll tell you that Paul McCartney. There was fireworks. It was a night of a supermoon. There was love in the air. I'll tell you, all the songs were about love. It was it was a great time, and I was there with uh, somebody else's girlfriend. <laughs> it was a strange night. Why did I take somebody else's girlfriend to this Paul McCartney concert? I because she said yes. I didn't know this guy. Fuck this guy. He was some douchebag from Seattle. That's a true story. <laughs> Anyways, we held hands and we walked through a park back to her place under the moonlight. The fireworks and the supermoon and the Paul McCartney in the air. And probably said something and made it weird. And it was a very romantic night. It's a perfect night. Yeah, it was pretty much a perfect night. The alcohol helped. Um, yeah. Yeah, good times. Beg me to talk about it. Pedo Bear? Have you seen this guy? I cannot say that I have. Oh. I, I don't, just by the name of it, I don't feel like I'm missing out, though. Yeah. It is a bear. Yeah, that's not the part that bothered me. It was the suffix. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, prefix, pardon the, me. Yeah, no, I, I, I know what you're saying. I was like, so, well, there's this fix. You must yeah. have meant that fix. How many fixes are there? Give him a lot of fixes. Pedo? Meaning like, I, I, meaning like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's diatri- just like referring to the, yeah, the feet. Yeah, it's weird. I know. No, it's a, it's just a meme. Mm. It's a bear. Mm. Or I, th- I think, I think it's sort of a European thing. So it's more pedo bear. Oh. Oh, pedo bear. <laughs> Why did you say so? Oh, pedo bear. So, 
Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I got a screensaver of him. <laughs> Do people... Are screensavers still a thing? Do we need those anymore? I was freaked out when I came back to my apartment like a week ago, and my computer was doing... It had one of those color spiral things that was, okay. like, wisping around. Okay. That classic screensaver Yeah, yeah. Thing. And I had never seen that. I thought that my, like, sleep screen was black, as it always Yeah, no, that was an right honest now. question. I just realized that no, that's not I really was asked. terrified. I was like, what is a ghost of the 90s? In my apartment. What ransomware is this? <laughs> I definitely had that happen sometime in the 90s where like my, or the, or the early aughts where my desktop background got changed to like a dark red with like a, uh, a poison symbol on the background and it's like your computer's infected. Oh, really? Yeah. And it was, but it was, yeah, desktop change, desktop background change. Um, that might have been the extent of it. Probably not. They probably raided my privacy. There's probably some other stuff. But sure. honestly, it probably wasn't that bad. Yeah. There's probably some data. But I just remember that, that being effective. I was like, well, you got my attention. Absolutely. <laughs> you changed the desktop. I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> now you're, you've really invaded my space. Now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not going to know if you took you copied my documents <laughs> right. or whatever. Yeah. Oh, no. My data's stolen. <laughs> People were all up in arms about that this week. There was a woman that came in who was just railing against Mark Zuckerberg. And <laughs> came into the hospital? Came into the animal hospital to rail against Mark Zuckerberg. How long did it take before she dropped the Jew word? I think that she might have been a member of the tribe. All right. Um, she was very complaining and a doctor. Okay. So it is possible. <laughs> um, um, so she was complaining about... Basically, you know, equating, basically saying that Zuckerberg was responsible for Trump's victory and how. Oh, how, that's not where I thought that was going. No, but is you, that what people is that a thing now? I'm not. A, well, uh, are you just not plugged into the news, Johnny? I feel like I am kind of. Have you heard the words Cambridge Analytica? Uh, that's Trump's like data firm yes. that he right. hired or okay. something. All right. So Facebook is linked with them. So they had one of these these Facebook apps. That are like almost like a personality quiz mm-hmm. type of thing, and so there the company was set up. This Cambridge Analytica basically was saying that uh, with like up, if you could analyze like a uh, hundred likes of somebody, you could like know them better than their spouse or something, or two hundred likes, you know, better than their, or their closest friends, and then by three hundred likes, you can know them better than they know themselves and stuff because because <laughs> you're you're gauging things on personality in the in the correlation of how they relate to each other. So if you um. If you had liked Wu Tang Clan, you were a young male. You know, uh-huh. no, like yeah, I, 80, I, I get 85 it. Per, eighty-five percent matches that you're a young male for liking Wu Tang Clan, or if you like something else, it's eighty-five percent likely that this is your type of person. Sure. And so the data is, in, and when you can cross-reference things, you can really get pinpointed. Yes, down. yes, and so and that was exactly what they were what they were doing, but. And also that that data is really valuable because it doesn't change because it's per- people's personality types. They're, they're like, mm. so if you're if you're uh, a neurotic person who liked uh, Infinite Jest on Amazon <laughs> or whatever, you know, yeah. um, when you're 22, you're gonna be a neurotic 32 year old. Like that part's not <laughs> gonna change. <laughs> okay, so the science wasn't as impressive as I thought it was gonna be when we started it. Like. No, but I got you. Yeah, no, but that's what that's what I was saying is that because it's measuring personality, it's actually really valuable data. It's because that's there's not a lot of change that happens over that. All right. Um, so, uh, so basically, people these two hundred thousand some odd people that signed up for this personality quiz type of thing mm-hmm. to get uh, it's and it's basically like find out 
something about themselves like oh you're this type of person or whatever then when they did that the app accessed all of their friends so like mm-hmm. when you when you you know the, the game app or whatever it was on the facebook mm-hmm. accessed all of their friends which ended up being like more than like 50 million people or so okay and, and used all of their data okay and then you know did it use data that wasn't like publicly available like is it just as if they were uh sort of like going on to someone's like using someone's facebook account so they can see what their friends are doing or is it doing more i think it was more like we can analyze all your likes if you let us and that when they said yeah you can analyze my likes that it also somehow was saying you can also analyze all my friends likes you know so that their their friends weren't but i'm saying it's, it's not pulling information like from a, those people's like private it's I not like hacking and i don't something. know i'm not certain about that because that yeah because so um so basically they after yeah i'm not sure i'm not honestly sure um because then hypothetically too the people that your likes might only have to be your friends that are seeing them too i don't know right yeah um, i mean it would only be worth something if is. a lot of people are only revealing things like to a select group yeah. otherwise they could just go online and find it anyway right but the moral is this company used was able to use like specific micro targeting for the personality types mm. to influence the 2016 elections. Okay. And what does that Trump. look like? Well, uh, I mean, basically, you can use certain memes that you know are going to cater to a 22 year old that has an immature sense of humor, you know, or something intellectual to somebody else that's a, that you know. Yeah, there's yeah. just okay. there's, there's but different... then you still have to be creating good content. I think that the other people, the other there's other people creating the content. You know, it's just that knowing how who to mark, micro target, like the personality types when it comes to politics is mm-hmm. is you know. Wait, is that really a scandal? Um, that's well, just yes, like advertising. Because, that's like demographics. But they were garnishing, from what I understand, private information of about 50 million people who did not acknowledge that they had had the right to do so right. and made millions of dollars on it and maybe influenced the election using that data to micro target back to those people yeah it just i don't know it seems like well yeah and so i i'm, I'm with you there because as, as this one was basically drawing a straight line between mark zuckerberg got trump elected i kept being like hey, uh, here's my thing and, how, and she's like i was saying how i don't know how she was saying how i don't think people should delete their facebook and all this stuff and i was like you know I don't know how much people can be really upset about this. Like, cause there's a lot of people saying, you know, can't believe my private information was accessed and used in this way. And I'm like, well, I put that on Facebook for on me. The internet. You put <laughs> yeah. it on the internet. Any information you put on the internet, yeah. it's going to get, it's public. It's going to get used. Yeah. Like, I don't know why people are still upset about yeah. their information that they I put mean, on the internet. I mean, it shouldn't be, but you can't be surprised. And it's not like right. they stole their fucking social security number. It's like just things that they were actively liking. Like, you could live without liking something really easily. Yes. Yeah. Also, I feel like, I wouldn't have even been affected probably unless it was really doing some sort of hacking thing because I know it's very easy to just turn your likes to private. So Mm -hmm. I feel like, and again, you're explaining this to me. I'm pretending like I know what's going on now, but it sounds like it's something that probably could have been prevented if people just like did basic privacy settings things. Uh, There's, 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 there's one other piece of the puzzle that was kind of just kind of juicy, which was fun. I think the CEO of that company, it was a British company, got fired this week. Uh, or suspended or something because they had somebody uh, a, a Middle Eastern journalist like posing as big money coming in saying like how can we buy influence in our own elections 
with this. And this guy, Wait, and, what? I'm sorry. So someone is like doing a character, like no, a like Middle a, East, like, like yeah, like a journalist was undercover. Okay, as a Middle East tycoon person. Yes. Okay, and they approach Cambridge, the the Cambridge Analytica, the company. Okay, and and recorded him like in a behind the scenes conversation, and the guy who runs the show was talking about uh, how the most. He's like basically saying that facts don't matter when it comes to elections. He's like, when we can influence elections all over the country by by preying on people's, but the real key is understanding people's fears, their rudimentary fears, regardless of you know what they are, and and to use those. That is, um, I mean, I would be super stoked if I was that reporter. But is that really? a shocking thing or is that something no. that like we absolutely are no. aware of but one but, but, but it is one of those things that when you tie back into so you're like all right because so much of the trump campaign had so many dog whistles about anti-semitism i mean he, he announced the campaign saying like mexicans are rapists you know <laughs> it's like it was about race you know and using people's fears about immigrants about muslims i mean he said ban muslims on the campaign trail it's like did was, that did the head of the company say that in this interview well no he was just saying that to use people's fears is, right is the so way he's of doing not everything. yeah but we already knew I we mean, already did know that i'm not saying it's illegal to say that or it's 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 you know if anything it's just subservient um yeah but, he's just talking about you no know, but it's just talking about the game the game plan um right. basically which is to use people's fears, mostly when it comes to racism and sexism, in order to shift things. Yes. yes. I mean, look. And that's definitely what happened. I right? sound like I'm being an apologist for that. Right. It's 100% a terrible thing that's going on. Right. I'm just saying I, I don't understand why it's like a controversy because it seems like something that, not even like an open secret. It's just right. like, yes, of yes, that's what Ob- happens. Obviously, that's what happens. I think that like part did he drop reason, an n bomb? Is that what we're yeah, talking know, about? Right. But I think that it, it's it's just worth calling to attention because it's like because that played out, we are where we are now, which is with drastic consequences. And it seemed like a lot of times more we we were able to keep our fears in check with I our. I don't know, dude. When were we ever keeping stuff in check? Jimmy Carter. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you know what? That's a good one to pick. I have no reference for anything that happened during the Carter administration. I have nothing to say. You could tell me anything. I'd have to believe you. Um, I'm pretty sure he was a Democrat, and he served one term, and that's the extent. uh, He was a peanut farmer. Those are the three things I know. And it was that, unfortunately, that when Quebec won their independence from us under... Okay, this story is not going to end in an exciting manner. (laughs) That was Jimmy Carter's fault. He was just two weeks behind as a Democrat to fend off those Canadians. Wait, is how much of that is a, is that entirely a joke? Or? Yes. Okay. <laughs> he is a peanut farmer. I mean, he he that's his like thing that He's he says. Anyway. Super Jesusy too. Really? Oh yeah. Well, a lot of this peanut farmer Wait, stuff. You tell me, this white guy in his seventies who's a, a successful American. Yep. Yep. That was that, those peanut farms came up. Uh, like a year ago, a lot when um the current president was supposed to divest his businesses, and there was all these parallels about like 
there was such a stink made about whether or not Jimmy Carter could hold on to his peanut farms when he became president and everybody was there was an uproar about, you know, whether or not there would be money in the way, clouding his judgment and stuff like that. On the peanut farms. On the peanut farms. Mm-hmm. And then compared to the businesses of the current president. It was kind of laughable. Yeah. Especially with the lack of divestment. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's a liberal podcast you're listening to, people. We're not going to pretend otherwise. Well, I mean, you live in the real world, right? We live in Los Angeles, for I'm, crying out loud. We're a bunch of yuppies out here. I wish it weren't the I case, do have but, to say know. it seemed like a little bit of, like, just backing it up with your own logic when we were saying racism fuels these things. Trump won. So it's, like, a big deal that this guy said something involving fear. No, it's just that the Trump campaign hired them. So it's just like, yeah. it's, uh, it's, but, it's just kind of a clear Isn't that like, like what Carl Rove, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Isn't that what Fox just, News as an organization is entirely? Yes, but if there, there's, there's also possibly legal consequences into the way that they garnish some of that data. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again... I don't know. I'm learning about it now. I, I don't know. But I'm either. still going to say, eh, I just eh. think it's, it's interesting to, to piece together what exactly. We're still figuring out what the fuck happened in 2016. And to look at that, okay, so this was the play. This, they hired these people. This was the playbook. They instituted that playbook. And when you talked about, you know, so that they have this in place, I mean, 50, 50 million people is a lot of voting people. And so you have. Uh, but also, it's it's not like they're robots. It's not like you can just say, Oh, this person has this data, so they're gonna switch everyone to this fucking vote. Yeah, but you know, it's not that easy. No, and the, if it is that easy, then that's the problem to begin but with. Did you ever see? But the, but the micro targeting and the the content was was out there and available. Like I don't know if you ever talked to some conservative voters, like my parents, but they would go off on about Hillary being a murderer and all these Pizzagate conspiracies and stuff like that because yes. it was inundating their Facebook profiles and that's where everybody was getting their news. And the, but there were so many times where I just had to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not true. That's nowhere close to true. And they were so convinced of it. And, and it's not that because the micro-targeting was available out there, but also was the content because of the Russian troll farms. Like, there was a... Did you ever see this meme? Yeah, but so you're telling me that your parents would have voted for Hillary Clinton if that meme hadn't come Hell out? Hell no. Exactly. It's just people but, backing themselves. No, but there's, a, there's definitely a stronger chance that they wouldn't have voted. Or, <laughs> okay. I you see. know, or wouldn't have voted I for I guess Trump. that is an element of it, yeah. Yeah. They were definitely, yeah. That's a good point. Um, And I think that, yeah, because they felt like they had to step in to stop the devil. Hillary, (laughs) you know, really. Um, Isn't that why most people voted for Hillary, too? Yes. It's just because they wanted to stop the devil Trump. That's what I voted for. And for a few other reasons. She won me over a little bit more by the end. But I initially said, Camp Bernie, not voting for Hillary. Bernie bro for life. Well, we'll see. He never yeah. really got to get his nose blade. We never really knew some of the series. Yeah, shit. no, exactly. There were some weird sexual writings he did back in the day. That sounds Pretty cool. Stuff. I know, right? Writings? Ter- yeah. Terrible folk album. Um, if Hillary Clinton had a terrible folk album, I would respect her so much more. Right. Anything interesting and not globalist. Now, I know I've said this before, but since we're on the topic of the Hillary... This I've always found fascinating because, you know, like a lot of crazy ass liberals, I was trying to do some introspection and going, how the hell did we get here and what went so wrong? And one of the things that came up with was if you asked anybody in the last 15 or 20 years who the most hated woman in America is. Michelle Obama. No, absolutely. Hillary Clinton. Right. I mean, you might get. 
Well, I think I said this before, some, but some I and Coulter's and stuff. I I just was like, I want to watch some old Norm Macdonald uh, SNL weekend updates. He was great, and like every other joke was a Hillary joke, and this is like 1991 wow. or whatever. It's like, oh wow, yeah. people really don't like her. Really don't like her. Um, and and I, I was thinking about it, and I was like, okay, so at what point? I mean, she's like at least going to be top three, if not number one. And I, and I start started thinking like. So the first female president, we were all we were all ready for this. We were all geared up for it. At what point was the most hated woman in America for the past twenty years the good idea for the first female president? Right? Like, yeah, why, no, why, that's a terrible sell. And and then um, a woman I was talking to could, said, "Well, I don't think that you can get to a place where you are in position to possibly be the first female president of the United States." without being the most hated woman in america i don't think that's fair because the thing is in 1992 no one had any idea that hillary clinton would be running for president someday but they still fucking hated her <laughs> they hated her because her hair they hated her because like her clothes and her everything husband. about her they hated no not even the husband as much no, but that I think, was definitely a big part of yeah, it. Yeah, of course. But I, th- I think Bill Clinton on. has something inherently likable about him, even if you don't yes. like his politics. But Hillary does not have that same but quality. So much to hear, to hear the naysayers of Hillary, so much of, of, of what they would say to us. And she claims to be a champion for women, but there she is standing next to Bill. Yeah. You know. And they do. They do say it. that. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they At do. every opportunity. Yes, they do. But I did think that there was something to that, that if you can't, you're not going to be able to be a successful woman without a lot of shade, if you will. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. There is, without a doubt, quote, something to that. Absolutely. <laughs> but I still think that Hillary is more hated than the average first lady. Yeah. And I'm not saying she's just a first lady. I get it. She has accomplishments. I'm saying at the time she was a first lady. Right. Yes. She was already very much hated. Well, it's also because she was, uh, why, well, why women also really rallied behind her because she was active. Was she always super more active than like a typical? Yeah. Hmm. I think so. All right. I guess I wasn't really aware of her, uh, you know, pre Lewinsky. I, I feel like she, there were some things that she was basically like some social policies or. Things I mean, I'm sure she was like gonna gonna helm, and people were like, mm, I don't know if you should be giving the first lady. That much I mean, I know it's not an elected. It certainly office. wasn't uh, gay rights back then. I don't think she had a lot of progressive things to say about that. That's true. Or super predators. Um, What's that? Oh, it's a it's a racial code language that I, she she used in. Super predators. Super predators. It was kind of. It was kind of in a lot of like the. Uh, that sounds the, vaguely familiar. It was a lot of like the the three strikes kind of talk. You know. Okay. Um. That there are these criminals out there that are super predators that need to be locked away. Like you know, a new category. She's saying there's like a. Yeah, a thing like there's called... like a whole new category of black people. Right. I was gonna yeah. say it's yeah. Exactly. A new category called black. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's kind of the the code of language that she got. I don't know if you remember, but there was a during the election season, like she had some speeches stopped by Black Lives Matter that were like calling her out on that. And really? her responses weren't great. I mean, she's but she does carry hot sauce in her bag swag, so that's it's very impressive. She said that in an interview. Yeah, and she uh, did the saddest Zach Galifianakis <laughs> skit ever. That was funny. I thought it was kind of it was funny, but it was funny because it was Zach Galifianakis, who's yes. very, very funny. Yes, but I mean, you could 
I mean, you could put Trump in one of those, and I'd say, like, that's fucking funny. That's true. But Trump is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, well, the point is you could put anyone in there. Yeah. The Obama one was pretty amazing. Yeah, and, well, he is funny, too, so that was, that yeah, was yes, double funny, yeah. That is really true. He was, like, going on about health care. Like, <laughs> is this oh. what they mean by drones? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you, you do it. I'm sorry. I stepped on it. No, that's quite right. No, you've already killed it. Um, um, so, uh, something about health care, health care. Hmm. Oh, I see. see this. <laughs> it's so stuttered. I ruined it. Um, I, I liked it when he was like, so um, how does it feel to be the last black president? Yeah. that's. How does that's, it feel to be the last time you'll ever interview a president? That's pretty good. Uh, I remember the line I liked from the Hillary one was he said something about she looked like a, like a cowboy in outer space or something like that. No, a clown. Oh, wow. Clown in outer space. And it was like... I'd love to meet the person who makes your pantsuits. Oh, really? Yeah, because for Halloween, I wanted to go as a librarian from outer space. It was a very poignant comment. It was very well done because it was off the wall. But then I looked at her and I was like, hey, she does look like a clown. <laughs> she does look like a clown in outer space. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Never would have thought that. But uh, yeah, I can't, can't say she does not look like a clown in outer space. Still wish she was our president. The, com- mean, the competence and the lack of, of mistakes would go along. The, the American leadership would still be in place. It'd be nice. What does that mean, the American leadership would it still mean, be in place? Well. What does it mean to have it in place, and what does it look like now that is not that? There's always been a questionable moral high ground, but we try to lead some by some. For example, American leadership in place. Uh, Putin was just elected president for the fourth time, and the election was rigged, Right. He didn't let any... I mean, I don't know well, how rigged it the, was. The international community agrees it's okay. a rigged They've election. All, we've all decided that they rigged their election. Okay, I got yes, it. Yes, yes. And so our president calls him up and says, congratulations. So he congratulated says, yeah. a president... Yes, on a rigged... Who election. we've all decided cheated. Yes. And he lives... And he gets crap? He, we think he's a bad person for that? Yes. For congratulating someone? Yes. Now, if somebody cheated in a race and you go to, and you like on a foot race and you went and you congratulated the cheater, would what would that say about your judgment if it was really obvious to everybody else that they cheated and you congratulate the cheater who's saying who's boasting and saying that they just won? I mean, I get that it's a weird association to make, but that is the that I just feel like answer it's, the damn question. What does that well, say about your judgment? It would I, call it into question. Uh, yes, I agree. I mean, that's the lack of American leadership. That's what that is. It's 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 that people used to look to us. If there was a bomb that went off in London, people would literally all the other countries in, in Europe a lot of times wait to see what Obama had to say, what the White House line was, and then kind of follow along in suit because American leadership. It's like how much are we going to be going after Al Qaeda or ISIS? Let's let's see what America is doing in Syria first, you know. And that's that's withered. It's just not really there. There's, if anything, if people are looking for moral leadership. They're kind of like, I don't know. What do you think, Angela Merkel? I guess. <laughs> yeah, but wait. I mean, I realize they don't like us. <laughs> There's that too. But I think they still have to see what we're doing. I think they still care about what we're doing. Yes, but the uh, the promise. I mean, if you would talk about the American dream, like the 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 promise that we were welcome to immigrants, we were a country that was welcome to immigrants. I don't think in my lifetime I felt like America was 
actually like the prime example of like what nations should look to. It's just the biggest, you know, fastest, strongest one, but I don't think it's pushing any moral boundaries. Oh, don't didn't you feel that way during like the Iraq war? When we were at war with another country? Is yeah, that- like when we still are. Um yeah, I don't know. I feel like we've we've definitely been an imperialist nation. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I don't think we were ever like the bastion of wonderful values. No, no, but the so the fact the most that prominent the, the the most the the values that are at the forefront of Western civilization, right? No, I don't think we were. I think we were an imperialist nation that liked to bomb people and kill people and take over things, and that's who we right. are. This is what the Romans and did. we got and a bunch conquer, of money. You conquer people, you give them roads and healthcare, and you go. You're welcome. But are you are you saying that that's actually something that people looked up to? Because if so, I don't see how Trump is different than that. Because he is the ultimate example of that type of thinking. I would think. Right. Right. I don't think it's something that people, not only that that's what people look up to, but I do think that there's there's different things like, like like the, like our strength, the way we use our strength in, with, our, with our military and, and aid and things like that. Yeah, I think people do look to us as a yeah, leader, but, as a superpower, and that, that comes with responsibility. But, I mean, if we go, and everyone's watching what he's doing with North Korea, like, I, I don't think, I get that people in general liked Obama more. But I liked Obama more, too. Like, I don't think it's necessarily, like, a revolutionary difference. I think Trump is a very American president in that he's a douchebag, and I feel like that's... If I was Canadian, I would probably think Americans were douchebags, whether it was Trump or Obama or Bush or Clinton who was president. I think it's much more... We're just douchebags. It's much more simple than that, though. I think it's that if you... (laughs) How much more simple can it get? Uh, well, it, I just it, said it, everyone in America is a douchebag, and yeah, that's it. And you're wrong about that. There's some very smart people that that very very well prized. Um, what's complicated? What American leadership is? Because how long have we always referred to the president? I mean, as long as you and I have been alive, we've referred to the president as the most powerful man in the world, yeah. and it wasn't really that much of a stretch. Now it's Xi Jinping. You know, it's like it's mm-hmm. it's, it's probably not us anymore. Um, but we always referred to him as the most powerful man in the world, and that's because what the president says is almost like policy. You know, if the president says that America is a friend to the people of some nation, that means something to that nation. Regardless if we even did anything. Like, okay, it's, but it's just like clarify, are you saying we're less relevant or we're just less liked? Because those are two both, different things. Both. Um, certainly less relevant. I'll, I'll tell you why. Because the words, the words alone of the American president, of the hypothetical most powerful man in the world, are not valued by the person that says them, L- right? Like they don't words. The, the president you mean he doesn't value he does, them. He does not. He does not value that he's the most powerful man in the world and that his words have consequences. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. So how can any other leader of any other nation go? Oh, this this guy's a leader, and his we should take his words with consequence. He doesn't even believe him. He's willing to change him all the time. That's the loss of leadership. That's what that looks like. That's like somebody else. Yeah, that's like if, if you were judging the foot race and you went along with the cheater willingly, it goes, we don't really necessarily trust this person's judgment. They don't, they're not in it for us. And there's just so many of those things that call into, call into question. You know, the judgment's not there. The leadership isn't there. What, what is leadership? But you know? couldn't you it's make the same argument for America itself and how it views itself? Go on. Well... I mean, it's, I think everything that's wrong about him that you're saying, you know, uh, there's a lack of leadership, I think 
it would be easy for us to have that same conversation and not include foreign nations in it. Like, we could still be like, things are shitty, Trump is terrible, but the fact of the matter is nearly half the people still voted for him. I'm just saying I don't think things are that much different. Yeah. Which is really what, I mean, I... I mean, that was a big part of the problem in the general in the, in the election, is people going, these are our options this for leadership? I don't really want any of this. Dad, fuck this whole thing. I guess I hate the Jews, so I'll do this. I guess I'll do this. David Duke is my neighbor. I'm just saying I think people blow things up, which does, I'm not saying they shouldn't because they're terrible, but I just, I just like to point out that they've always been terrible. I guess that's what I'm doing. Like, hey, maybe the chancellor of Germany or whatever had better things to say about America with Obama, but we were still blown up babies with drones. Like we've always done bad things. This seems like he just very... was more likable as a person. So what, what, what is your argument there then? What follows is that, well, all presidents are assholes. So yes. what difference does it make? I'm not saying what, what difference does it make? It makes a difference, but I'm just saying like, don't be surprised. No, I'm going to be surprised. <laughs> And I'm going to be outraged. You can be outraged. You should be outraged. Yes. But I, I guess I was just taking issue more with it. Sound like you were saying there's a fundamental change, I thought. Like yeah. countries are changing. But I just feel like we're as shitty as ever. No. No. We, we okay. are way shittier than we've a been little in a bit long shittier. Time. A little bit shittier. Arguably within like the last hundred years. Like the leadership is is gone the state department isn't staff like we don't have an ambassador to yeah, South okay that's true Korea right now i think there's that a matters. good argument to be made with the fact that how many people have been fired yeah i mean honestly i don't know is it probably like oh, upwards oh, uh, of 20 or something many. like and and you know to listen to the man at the top the chaos is, is something that he likes he likes to have different opinions and stuff but it's like chaos when it comes to global leadership is no but we there. haven't invaded another country which we have under lots of presidents remember 911 remember that whole fucking war no, that was on but, false pretenses but they're, all, but they're also like yeah maybe we haven't you know started a new war with a different country but we've also started many wars against our own citizens how the hell are you gonna i mean if, if you're a muslim in the united states and your president's like you don't belong here and you serve in the military. Like, there's there's people that are like, you know. Yeah, but I'd still rather on. be that person than a Muslim in Iraq when a drone's bopping, dropping bombs on me. That's true. That's true. But uh, I just don't think that those things. I mean, we've obviously waged a war on homosexuals and people of color and stuff in our own country before as well. But it's just transgender people, that tweet. Come on. That tweet? Well, where he said, ban transgender people from the military. Mm. Yeah, no, I. Look, if it sounds. Like I'm, I like that you're playing the devil's advocate. So it's not just me. I, I'm not even and playing the devil's advocate necessarily. I'm just pointing I wish out. You would more. Your beliefs are troubling. Well, I, anyway, look. What I'm trying to say. You got your globalists. <laughs> <laughs> On your one hand, you got your globalists. Oh yeah. Uh, you got your your Jews. You got your Illuminati. Not to mention your globalist Jews. <laughs> Globalist Jews Illuminati. It's a little oxygen. Redundant. Remember when... Uh, you can't not do a southern accent sometimes when you're trying to do a character. Dumb racism. guy? Oh, I was... Well, both. And what, no, sorry. What were you saying? Oh, um, southerners are racist. All of them? Oh, you're racist. Was your, and I said dumb. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it just okay. goes to show that we're in California. Yes. We're intellectual. We're better than all those... Hey, I can't say anything dumb without making this voice. 
Isn't it? <laughs> Doesn't that serve as proof positive that Southerners are dumb? The fact that I have this bias where I cannot stop myself from making this voice? What do you mean, circular logic? Everybody says men are stronger than women, but I don't even know because when my mom spanked me, you know, it pretty much fucking hurt. So, oh, that's good. Ah, that really was hard to listen to. <laughs> and you got the twang in there. It really, it really hurt to hear it because I was there for a second. <laughs> You've seen some dark things. Haven't I have. You? I have. You ever see that? Uh, yeah, I really like that. Um, well, can I? Wh- Andy Kaufman, where he's trying to teach the South, he's like this is so <laughs> yeah wait i had something what just happened what we were talking about uh, southern accents southerners uh oh spank my mom spanked me uh oh yeah i got some good spanking i will tell you the other side the jokes that perhaps the conservatives would be making uh would be this is a true thing that happened uh, at uh uc santa barbara uh when i was attending it uh my wife was in a women's studies class I don't know why I let her take that class. Um, there was someone made a comment about like, oh, why do you think men or like the TEA proposed? Like, why do you think we have the patriarchy in charge or whatever? <laughs> whatever. Patriarchy and blah, 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 blah. And she said something about like maybe initially just being physically stronger was the most important thing. So it gave you like a leg up or something. There's no other reason to think that. Uh, men would have power over if we are equal. Yep. Um, and like they attacked. Her. <laughs> they they're like, there's no proof that men are stronger than women. And then you know it was it was like one of those conservative nightmares, which is funny because obviously she's not conservative. It was like the ultimate. It's hard to not hate liberals sometimes when they take it that far. Yeah, like, hating liberals is pretty fun. It's fun, but I can't say. I mean, the whole idea of like this uh, ruffling a snowflake's feathers. I'll give it to him. It's funny. Here's what it comes down to, though, ultimately. Liberals are annoying. <laughs> Conservatives are terrible. Which one would I rather have? I'd rather have a country run by annoying people than, like, douchebags. That's, what I, that's the best we got. I've always said that the ability to reckon the empathy or the ability to recognize the innate humanity in somebody else, regardless of your personal differences, is the scale for being a decent human being the ability to empathize right and i feel like there's there's a lot of times on the conservative right a greater willingness to otherize the other side yeah no they're worse there's less there's less empathy yeah this is all objective they are worse but liberals are also if you're a conservative that's still listening to this podcast I'm very impressed. Well, I, it's I mean, it's all out bashing you now, but it's only because you lack empathy. No, no, comparatively, on a- <laughs> on average, they're slightly worse. Yeah, it's not saying anything about the individual. It's just, on average, look, there are dumber, there are some more southern. There are some <laughs> California liberals who are so insufferable that they are then worse than a slightly than your too average, conservative. Than your average conservative, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and not to mention dumb. Yeah, some, yeah, yeah. Some so because to, to listen to some liberals that are like so passionate on a superficial level that if you try to dig into why they have those passionate feelings, a lot of times dumb. Yeah, very dumb. It's just like they're just reading and talking. They're just like it, it makes me feel Huff bad Post, about myself. Post headlines. I know <laughs> when, when someone says something that I agree with, but I'm like, it's 
pure chance that we agree on this. Like, <laughs> it's not because we use the same strain of logic. Like, you think that because you were born here as opposed to over there. Like, there's no way you are forming your own thoughts at all. Yeah. That is really tough when you agree with somebody and and then you, you disagree with why. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I think that's what we've been doing this entire podcast. Yeah, yeah. Like, there, there was this Russian woman I was talking to who was saying that she lived where, near where I did in Hollywood. And we were talking about the neighborhood. I was like, oh, you live where you're right there. Wait, is this the racist lady? Yeah, that was. Wait, so you agreed with her? but Yeah, don't... I did agree with her. That, that crime was getting a lot worse in our neighborhood. Okay, my okay. car kept getting broken into. Okay. And uh, my battery getting stolen. And, and she was saying and it's she the was minorities. Saying, well, she was like, yeah, crime is just getting so much worse. It's all moving up from Santa Monica. And that's exactly where it's happening. The, the street, not the area. And I was like, so. <laughs> I was going to say. No, no, not from. It's not coming from, you know, the beach. Um. Oh, coming up some Santa Monica Boulevard, moving north towards Sunset in Hollywood, and uh, and I was like, no, that's definitely like it. a transgender hooker at two a.m. That is in fact the corner where I live, right <laughs> around the corner from. Yes, trans trans. That is corner. for you locals, yep. who are familiar with the migratory patterns. Santa Monica and Vine, if you're looking for a good time, uh, right next to Trejo's Coffee Shop, Danny Trejo's. Um, used to be a donut time. It was sad. It's featured in the movie Tangerine. Yeah. Sundance Film Festival. It's um, a great movie. Yeah. Well, so it it's a, really cool stop for a that they did it. Yeah. With the neighborhood. I know, right? And it was filmed entirely with iPhones. I know. That shit cray. Hmm. Anyway, continue. I'm not going to be able to say No, I was very much... I was just agreeing with this woman that about the, the blocks and the areas of the neighborhood and where crime had gotten worse and the traffic there and we were all in this, this quality agreement. Control just of the kind media. Of, yeah, we were just having a good time reminiscing about the neighborhood that we both, you know come to know and love and eventually you know and kind of how it had it gotten a little bit worse in a lot of ways and then eventually she just chimed at the end yes and all the black people in her russian accent and i just kind of stopped me in my tracks because i was just not ready i was just uh, yeah no the crime has gotten worse mm, yeah, it's a little black people just like you just yada 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 i know i didn't know what to say after that i just kind of was like silent and then she like went onto the traffic and i was like yeah the, the traffic <laughs> pretty, it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty bad bad as well not as well i'm <laughs> fuck uh <laughs> yeah no i agree there's too many of them yeah, cars yeah. cars I, too many i understand grandma that you have a lot of wisdom to share with generations but it makes me suspect your wisdom on life <laughs> when you say things oh yeah it uh yeah uh also the crime uh <laughs> Definitely, it's even worse when you compare it to the motherland of Russia, where there is no, there, first of all, there are no black people. Second of all, guess what happens? No crime. No crime in Russia anywhere. I've read about that. Yeah. They recently were declared a crime-free nation. Wow. By their president. Who's, after <laughs> after getting elected. After he stole the election, he uh, declared it a crime-free nation. I also heard that there's no homosexuals in Chechnya. That is not anymore. There oh, was okay. a, there it was, was yeah, it was a really bad weekend. Mm. It was like uh, that Florida shooting one, but like times a million. Oh Jesus! No, not the one with the high school. I know. Oh okay. I don't get it why you're offended then. No. I thought that was fine. And see, the joke was like, uh, uh, it was uh, like, oh no, I'm not talking about something bad like kids. You see, you get it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't like being offended by jokes. I'm always surprised when I am offended by a joke because I'm a bad person. 
And so. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you're faking it. Yeah. Just for the public, though. Yeah. Every now and again, I want to try to win myself back into their good graces. Or maybe it's just that I think very highly of myself. You do. So I'm like, "Mm, but it was me saying it. It couldn't have been that bad. That's, you you that's, can't be that offended. That, it was me saying that's it. That's often how I feel. I think and then I, feminists and very strong people correct me on myself. Some people tell me to shut up more often. Feminists and very strong. No, I'm sorry. That's, I'm being annoying. No, but there was definitely one time where I'm like, no, nah, you shouldn't have to apologize for this opinion. Somebody's like, mm, you kind of should. I'm like, go on. And then they tell me why. I'm like, maybe you're right. Yeah, it's funny. That happens sometimes. I feel like you are relatively woke. I, I am I'm making a conscious effort. But I appreciate it. I, you do. I, I have. Uh, I I feel like you do adamantly defend the idea of offending people. Yes. I, I think you've got a comedian mindset. Yeah. About life in general. Yeah. It's that a lot of times the crossing of the line that is appropriate, I find, reaches a greater plane of understanding. Mm. You know. Mm. I, I often refer to the joke uh, of, but Ron, of Ron Burgundy. Is that true when you're just calling not, someone a dick or whatever? Not always, but here, so this I refer to this this joke of Ron Burgundy where he goes, "You're just a woman with a brain the third the size of us men. It's science." Now, the joke is that Ron Burgundy is an ignorant is an ignoramus. <laughs> that is the joke, right? Sure. Yes. Yes. Is that he's a sexist and he's a fool, and there might be audience members that go. Yeah, women are really dumb. Mm-hmm. That's funny. And and interpret the joke that way. That's definitely going to happen. And that's a consequence of telling that joke. And so I get it when people are offended by certain things. But I do think that you do reach a higher plane of understanding that most of the people go, you know what? There's equality now. And we have all in the sixties or seventies, any joke that had that that referred to women or Irish was at the expense of the women or the Irish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And yeah. it is not the case anymore. Um, and I think that we can show a greater plane of understanding a lot of times through humor. And so and, and in order to do so, it takes a risk. <laughs> and that's always going to be something you're going to have to acknowledge. Well, OK, I, I, I agree. What was the one with <laughs> <laughs> about the two Jews? Uh, what, what was the one you said about uh, the, the ophthalmologist? You said something about his wife or something. And he was like, hey, that's 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 not cool. Oh, and you were like. Mm, whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it was definitely um, a social. Because I don't, I don't remember like a, a strong like socio political commentary underlying it. No, it was, it was one of those things. It was, it was like the the handyman at our workplace, the guy that fixes stuff. Something. I don't even remember the context of, of what the what the setup was, but it was definitely uh, so's your wife. <laughs> or what you can't like this happened to me in high school one time i had a very flamboyant theater director like he was kind of a classic very flamboyant theater director he was married to a woman who was the counselor there and we were in the shop slash costume room once and that thing was just packed to the gills full of stuff but it was very organized and <laughs> full of gay porn full of gay porn and then this this i'm not gay this student asked asked the the teacher they go how do you keep this place so organized there's so much stuff in here but it's so organized like how do you do that and he goes well i just make sure that we have a rule here that i keep in my own house which is if you don't use it in three three years you throw it away or you give and then i go yeah but you can't throw out your wife <laughs> and then he everybody was silent and he just stared at me and i screamed and i ran out of the room I'm like, ah! and i ran and he came and found me and i was in trouble 
He said, Dan, there's a line. But I've definitely, so I did a similar. That one I think is fine, though, because that's really funny. Thanks. I thought so. That's why I said it. Also, it's ridiculous enough for a kid to say that to a teacher. Yes. It shouldn't be that big a deal. It didn't help that he was very flamboyant. Right. So that's really what's going on. He's covering up. Mm. Yeah, he's overcompensating. So uh, it was still funny. (laughs) I use my wife every night. It was something like that. That was the crux of his argument. Why? She's getting used right now. <laughs> so, is that your gay impression? Is that what that is? It's my impression of your teacher. Oh, okay. I don't know why it has to be every gay person. No, no, no. I don't know why. They... He's Snagglepuss. <laughs> is that his name? Oh, is that the... Whoa. <laughs> yeah. It's got a lot of that in it. Yeah. I don't know. It's not like an established Would character. Would you believe him? We had a couple cocktails. Or just a couple cocks and a couple tails. Um, oh. My favorite gay archetype is the uh, uh, Paul Land, the rat from Charlotte's Web. <laughs> the rat from Charlotte's Web is Templeton. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's right. The book on tape for that one? Uh, I would get the VHS from the oh, library. Oh, some pig. Well, Templeton, if you weren't so dopey, you'd see that Charlotte's pregnant. Well, hooray for Charlotte. I, uh, that's, that's, that's a great line. It's a great Paul Lind line. That's great. It was a throwaway line. I was watching. I was like, that's fucking funny. Hooray for Charlotte. That's great. I remember that Templeton had a, a smorgasbord. Yes. And that's where I learned that word. And that's the big, that's what you, you can remember. Assign, you can assign that word to that book. Like you can assign nincompoop to uh, James and the Giant Peach. It's just some of those things. I never actually read James and the Giant Peach. It's okay. It's Roald Dahl? No, it's uh, it's Rolling Peach. Rolling Peach? No, it's... uh, Never mind. I liked uh, Matilda. Yeah. And uh, the witches. I liked the boxcar children. One of my favorite (laughs) things about the boxcar children is that in this group of four or five kids, whatever they were doing, solving mysteries, living in and out of boxcar. They were just homeless kids. It's a lot sadder when you think about it. But they, uh, somebody would make a suggestion. Let's let's go investigate over at Mr. Murray's garden, and then somebody would always wait. Re- let's let's get the dialect. We're, they were American, I believe. Or oh, is that not correct? Oh, I don't recall. Uh, we I I didn't really read much. Okay. I just imagined them. Let's I feel like boxcars. Isn't true. that like sort yeah. of like a hobo American Probably. rail sort yeah. of thing? Yeah. Well, now let's go investigate over there at Mr. Murray's garden. And then okay, somebody- now I'm getting turned on. Do a different all right, one. All right. Okay. Um. Well, let's go investigate over there in this murder car. Let's get this guy like more it. turned on. Um, now, uh, and then somebody, one of the other boxcar children, would always agree with them by going, "Yes, let's." <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's I, fucking funny. I, I love that. I love that so much. For some reason, it made me so happy. I still like when somebody's let's let's go get some uh, some Asian fusion and cross that spot. Yes, let's. <laughs> that's funny. It is a pleasant thing. Uh, I feel like it's not the easiest thing to enunciate clearly. It's a bit awkward to say. Not to not where it's a tongue twister, but enough that I'm probably not going to say it. Well, it's 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 also it's a it's an incomplete sentence. It's a contraction. It's saying yes, let us. Oh, it's two sentences, probably right. Nah. It's a yes, let's. Period. A comma or no? Just straight up yes, let's. Yes, comma. Okay. Let's. That's fine. Yeah. I kind of like it Period. periods after each one. I feel like you could. It depends on it, you know. But then again, on on the flow of the page, it depends. On the, you know, the type of writer you are. What's your sure? You know, sometimes those those periods can really break things. I up I feel like too it's much. more 
literary with the periods. Again, it depends on your style. It could detract if there's a lot of staccato nature to it. Yeah, there's, I don't know. Commas just aren't very quaint. Sometimes there's a beat there and you go, you're like, well, if he's really going, yes. Let's. Is there a pause there? Is he really like considering this because of the period or is it like, oh, yes, let's do that. Yes, let's. Or is it just like a sort of like a. The comet would kind of, uh, as opposed to the period, might give a little indication there. No, absolutely. This is the struggle of the playwright, you see. I thought the struggle was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. It's, I, I got okay, the setup. Okay, you okay. you write it. But it's a, it's a good you setup. Didn't even get the it's setup, a good you setup. Son of a bitch. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I said. Oh, okay. The struggle of the playwright is. Uh. I mean, I just want to say something about pain and rent, but I can't. I don't know. There's something about mom's basement, maybe. Basically, like, you know, take it. a philosophy major and insert your joke there. Uh, you teach philosophy right, yeah, the, or kill yourself. Uh, maybe uh, convincing your synagogue that it will be a good idea for you to do a remake of Fences. If I had it worked out, it could. It's a, okay, now you you work off. Of, you punch that up, but that's the idea. It's a funny idea. You just put <laughs> you put the words together in the right order. The idea of someone pitching a remake of Fences to their synagogue is kind of funny. Yeah, Fences is about black people. I don't know if you. That's the joke. Is there, oh, is it? That's the joke. Is they're black. Well, okay. The joke is they're Jewish. Right. So starring. Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and nobody else. Lenny Kravitz. Half of Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> Maybe that imposter lady. I don't know. She counts as both. And Rachel Dolan's mm-hmm. always. Yeah. Some golfers like a seven iron and others like a three. But most of them pick Lucky Strike because LSMSD. Try a pack today because Lucky's taste better than any other cigarette. Make your smoking joy complete when buying cigarettes. Enjoy the milder, better taste the Lucky Smoker gets. You see, Lucky's taste better than any other cigarette. Be happy, go lucky, be happy, go lucky, strike me happy, go lucky, go lucky, strike today. Friends, when you smoke, you want real enjoyment. And that's exactly why you should switch to Lucky Strike. Because Lucky's taste better than any other cigarette. Yes, every Lucky always gives you mildness, smoothness, far better taste than any other cigarette you've ever smoked. And here's why. Fine tobacco, and only fine tobacco, always gives you the enjoyment of a better-tasting cigarette. And LSMFT, Lucky Strike, means fine tobacco. So for complete smoking enjoyment, be happy, go lucky, make your next carton Lucky Strike. You'll find Lucky's taste better than any other cigarette. Be happy, go lucky, go lucky, strike today. Remember, Lucky's taste better than any other cigarette. Happy Mother's Day and good night, folks.
Is that just like a douchebag liberal thing that part of me feels like I'd be a better person if I spoke Spanish better? You would be a better person if you spoke Spanish yeah, okay. better. Yeah, I would, right? And you are a liberal douchebag. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.